Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Joshua chapter 11, and if I could give this one a title, it would be Moving Forward and Taking Ground. Moving Forward and Taking Ground. And one of the things I think is just amazing about this is once the nation of Israel gets going, man, they just start taking over this land and just moving forward and all the things that God has for them. And it's just so encouraging to see that if God can take this generation and in one generation, their parents were slaves with no hope of rescue. And now this generation is taking the power of God and doing something with it. Man, what can God do through our lives? So we'll get into all that in just a moment. But if you like what we're doing here, as always, make sure if you're watching this on the YouTubes, like, share, and subscribe. I want you to do me a favor on YouTube. Also, if you're listening to the podcast, I want you to leave me a five-star review. But I want you to go to YouTube <laughs> and look up my name, Brandon Cannon, and you'll see that. I want you to help us. We're going to start something called The Road to 1000. And the reason why is some of you have asked me if we could ever do like live streaming. Like live stream some of these readings, do different things. And I got a lot of ideas of things I would like to try. But you can't do that until you get over a 1,000 subscribers. So I want you to help me. I want you to go over there. I want you to subscribe. I want you to tell everybody, tell them to, to subscribe. We've got a long way to go, so this isn't going to happen overnight. But what would it look like, man, if we just developed a community of believers? And what if we brought in people to read the Bible with us, give us some of their perspectives and different things? I think it would be absolutely awesome. But we have to get to a 1,000 before some of those things become available. So I want you to go and subscribe that to that, and we're going to grow this thing together. Also, go to our Facebook group at Bible Breakdown Discussion and let us know how you're engaging with God's Word. There are some people over there who are writing some amazing devotions to go with this. You can learn how to soap Bible study, and just it's just so very good. And the more we dig, the more we find. That is one of the things I see in the chapter we're going to read today. So I want you to get your, your Bible ready, get your NLT Bible, kind of get it you know, opened up to Joshua chapter 11. Also, I want you to get your cup of coffee ready, and we're going to dive into this. I want to remind you of where we are. This is the nation of Israel taking the land. One of the themes of Joshua is the idea of God is faithful to fulfill his promises, but he partners with us to make it happen. One of the things I've been learning as I've been studying the, the book of Joshua is this idea that if, I used, if I'm honest, I used to see the promises of God as kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card, a monopoly, right? You just kind of put that down, and the game takes care of the rest. I don't go to jail. The reality is, is that God is determined to partner with us. So what he's going to do is, I think a better way of seeing God's promises is he's going to open the right doors, and he's going to give us the power to take the next step. But then he partners and walks with us through this. And we can see that in Joshua. We can see that they crossed over the Jordan River. They took over the land of Jericho, but then they had a setback because of Achan at the place of Ai. And then they had people lie about them. But all through this process, God is fulfilling his promise. But one step of faithfulness from them at a time. Now they are on the move and they are taking over the whole northern territory. So we're going to read this together. 
and just see what God's Word maybe encourages us today. So if you have Joshua chapter 11 ready, looking at verse 1, it says this, When King Jabin of Hazor heard what had happened, he sent messengers to the following kings, King Jobab of Medan, King Shimron, the king of uh, Ashkafath, <laughs> and all the kings of the northern hill country. Sound like I sneezed, but that's the best I could do, right? The kings in the Jordan Valley, south of Galilee, and the kings of the Galilean footholds. The kings of Nephorathdor of the west, and the kings of Canaan, both east and west. The kings of the Amorites, the Hittites, and the Parasites, and the Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites in the towns of the slopes of Mount Hermon and the land of Mizpah. Now, don't forget, every time it says ites, it's saying people groups. So these are the different people groups and nationalities that didn't leave. They were the belligerent nations that wanted to go to war instead. All these kings came out to fight. Their combined armies formed a vast horde, and with all their horses and chariots, they covered the landscape like the sands of a seashore. Kings joined forces and established their camp around the water near uh, Miram to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, and he's been saying this over and over again. Here he goes, do not be afraid of them. By this time tomorrow, I will hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Then you must cripple their horses and burn their chariots. Now pause for a moment. Over and over again, God has been telling him to not be afraid. Now, all of these different nationalities and nations have come together to make this massive horde. And God is saying, don't be afraid. I am going to give you the victory. They may outnumber you, but they don't outnumber me. I think that's amazing. But one of the things, too, that's important is it says, I want you to cripple their horses. Now, another word for this is to hamstring their horses. And people have wondered in times past, why exactly would God do this? Like, number one, it seems cruel. Number two, they could have used those for their own military. And number three, this was considered valuable. A horse was a valuable commodity. So, so why would God tell them to cripple or hamstring their horses? Well, let me give you three possible solutions for this. Number one, you know, why would they hamstring them? Well, the reason why they would do this is they would sever the hamstring tendon that would stop the horses from being able to go into war. And so one of the things they were doing is they were crippling the other army, but they were also... I mean, I've heard different farmers and things say that this was a small mercy for these horses. Yes, it would be painful in the short term, but these horses would not have to see the horrors of war ever again. You imagine a person going into battle, and if you've ever talked to someone who's been combat, it changes them forever. Well, imagine a horse that doesn't know what's going on, and he sees carnage all around him. Well, a small mercy for this horse is you're going to have this pain for a moment, but you're not going to have to see the carnage of war ever again. The second one is, why didn't they use them in their army? The answer would be, they didn't know how. These are one generation removed from slaves. They don't even know how to fight. They're having to learn how to do these things. So they, they wouldn't have known how to do it. And then also, why didn't they just bring them in? Well, God constantly wanted to remind them that you're not winning because of the power of your own might, but because I am giving you the victory. And so that is why he said, hey, don't use the horses Give them this small mercy of, they, yes, it's going to hurt them and this, all that, but they're not going to see the horrors of war ever again. And now you go and you fight. So here we go. Let's pick back up verse 7. So Joshua and all his fighting men traveled to the water near Merom and attacked suddenly. And the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. The Israelites chased them as far as greater Sidon and Merisphoth, Mame, in the eastward of the valley of Mizpah. 
until no one of the enemy warriors were left alive. Then Joshua crippled the horses and burned all the chariots as the Lord had instructed. Joshua then turned back and captured Hazor and killed its king. Hazor had at one time been the capital of all of these kingdoms. The Israelites completely destroyed every living thing in the city, leaving no one as survivors. Not a single person was spared, and then Joshua burned the city. Joshua slaughtered all the other kings and their people, completely destroying them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. But the Israelites did not burn any of the towns built on mounds except for Hazor, which Joshua burned. And the Israelites took all the plunder and the livestock of the ravaged towns for themselves. But they killed all the people, leaving no survivors. As the Lord commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua. And Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. So Joshua conquered the entire region, the hill country, the entire Negev, the whole area around the town of Goshen, the western foothills, and the Jordan Valley, the mountains of Israel, and the Galilean foothills. The Israelite territory now extended all the way to Mount Halak, which is where it leads to the Seir in the south and as far north as Baal, God, at the foot of Mount Hermon in the valley of Lebanon. Joshua killed all the kings of those territories, raging war for a long time to accomplish this. No one in this region had made peace with the Israelites except for the Hivites of Gibeon. All the others were defeated. For the Lord had hardened their hearts and caused them to fight the Israelites. So they completely destroyed them without mercy as the Lord commanded Moses. During this time, Joshua destroyed all the descendants of Anak, who lived in the hill country of Hebron, Debir, uh, Anab, and the entire hill country of Judah and Israel. He killed them all and completely destroyed their towns. None of the descendants of Anak were left in the land of Israel, though some still remain in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. So Joshua took control of the entire land, just as the Lord had instructed Moses, and he gave it to the people of Israel as a special possession, dividing the land among the tribes, so the land finally had rest from war. Now, did you notice right above, it says that he went through all of these areas, and he attacked the ones that didn't make peace. He attacked the ones that were belligerent and were coming against God. It was these nations were the ones that they were to destroy. It wasn't all the other ones. Because notice he, he said that these other ones that made peace, they, they were fine. It was the ones that had decided they were going to fight against Israel. Those are the ones that were defeated. And then when they were defeated, finally the land had rest from war. I love the other thing where it says on there, it says that Joshua waged war for a long time to accomplish this. And as we get ready to end our time, remember I said the if I could give it a title, it would be Moving Forward and Taking Ground. But I want to finish off with this idea that the plan of God often takes longer than we would like. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't say that I am a naturally patient person, right? I'm really hoping that the fruit of the Spirit <laughs> makes itself evident in my life, and one of those is the fruit of patience. I want God to grow that in me, uh, but uh, maybe as a gift, not as a education. <laughs> you know, I'm not a naturally patient person. But one of the things that I have learned, you just got to make your peace with, is that God's not in a hurry and that the plan of God takes time. And when we read the Bible, you know, we, we go from one chapter to the next and it just sounds like it just happened super, super fast. But over the course of Joshua, it was about 25 to 30 years of Joshua doing this. And so it was a long campaign to wage these wars. 
And so I want to encourage you with something. If you feel like that you've been going through a difficult season or you've been waging war in your own life in certain ways, look back and see how long it is. Joshua was filled with God's God's presence, God's plan, God's purpose. He's moving forward and moving right in the center of God's will. It takes him 30 years to accomplish God's plan. Would you say that you're right in the center as best you can, God's will and God's plan? Well, even then, don't let anyone deceive you. Even if you're right smack in the middle of what God has planned for you, sometimes it takes time. And sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness. Faithfulness is super hard. But if you will be faithful in the end, you will see God's plan have its way. And I think in your life, it will say figuratively that at last the land had peace and rest for more. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. You see us, you know us, you are for us. Thank you, God, that you have a plan for all of our lives. God, if I'm honest, I will tell you, I love your plan. I don't always love your timing, but I love that you are faithful and that you continue to work with us even when we don't understand. I pray today you will put a fresh desire within all of us to be faithful to your plan and to continue to be faithful to you because you are so faithful to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. My prayer for you is that your testimony at the end of your days will be the same as Joshua when he said in 21 verse 45, not a single one of all of God's good promises that the Lord had given was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. That's my prayer for you. I will see you tomorrow for Joshua chapter 12. And let's take a couple of moments and reflect on what God's word has said to us today. 